Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains Adventure Podcast. The Scottish Highlands are utterly beautiful and just totally breathtaking. I went there for two weeks earlier this year and it was just such a great trip and on the way down I was just thinking I've got to get a Highlands episode together. And that is where Atlas Mountaineering ends the frame. I contacted Connor who runs the company and they offer guided stuff across the Highlands and we're going to be chatting about a few adventures that he recommends. And they include, but not limited to, ice climbing, climbing some Munros and skiing in Scotland too, which is I didn't even know you could do until early this year. So some really fascinating stuff and just some great adventures. So if you are dreaming of the Highlands or you're planning to go there yourself, listen on and enjoy and if you do enjoy it then please do consider subscribing and hitting the follow button leave an itunes rating as well apple podcast rating that would really help if you want to check out the patreon or check out some official merch by all means go ahead on the website but let's hear from connor from atlas mountaineering about five adventures in the scottish highlands and just quickly before we begin the first thing connor says is quite distorted because welcome to the internet but it sorts itself pretty much after the first thing he says, so bear with it. So hello, Connor. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me on. It's absolutely my pleasure. Um, and it, today's going to be uh, quite a fun one. So I, um, I had just been up to Scotland recently, and when I came back down, I, I figured I have to do some sort of episode on it. And it just so happened that I saw Connor's uh, Instagram story shared. Uh, Connor, you run a company called Atlas Mountaineering. Yep, that's right. Uh, so I've been running Atlas Mountaineering since 2013 now. Um, and it's yeah, it's just going great, you know. Um, I've been climbing since I was like six, six or seven years old. So this is my dream job you know like i get to take people out climbing hill walking skiing um it's awesome uh so i live up here in the highlands of scotland and i wanted to talk to you guys today about uh five epic adventures that you can do with myself in scotland which is great at the moment you know because traveling is becoming much more difficult abroad so let's let's keep it local and uh see what we've got on our doorstep absolutely and you're much better equipped then me to talk about it too. I, I was going to come down and go, hey, I did these things in the the, the Fife, Dundee and the Highlands area. <laughs> and, and it would have been a, a much less epic episode than, than what you can talk about. So um, I suppose it, we just kick it off. Let's just get straight into the, the first one that you wanted to talk about today. Cool. So the first thing that we're going to talk about today is Tower Ridge on Ben Nevis. So like, what better way to start this list uh, than to talk about the highest mountain in the UK? The Ben. The Ben, yeah. So you can call it the Ben if, you're, if you live around here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ben Nevis is the highest mountain in the UK. Uh, it presents an amazing challenge uh, and environment for people coming to visit here mainly because we start basically at sea level uh, that's really the really cool thing about scotland is it the mountains are small comparatively to elsewhere in the world but pack a lot of punch you know get a huge yeah. amount of adventure for your money and tower ridge is the the sort of crown on ben nevis you know it's the crown jewel of of rock climbing in the uk 
It is a rock climb that is 600 meters long and takes you up the north face of Ben Nevis in a in really spectacular style. It's got sort of everything. It's got bits of walking in it. It has some like harder climbing and it is amazingly exposed and a, just like a real awesome adventure. My dad took me up um, Tower Ridge when I was like 11 and I just had this like totally overwhelming experience. It snowed. So this is in May. It snowed all day. It snowed upwards. I, I have this like fulfilling memory of like looking, trying to look down at my feet and there was snow being blown upwards. And I was just like, what is this place? This is wild. Uh, and now I take people up there for a living, you know? Which is incredible. Um, that's, that's living, literally the phrase living the dream applies to you. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is great. And it's great to be able to share that experience with people and, and you know, sort of give them that. Um, it's really, it's a really rewarding part of the job. Yeah. yeah. So Tower Ridge takes uh it takes about three or four hours in total, and I would expect our day to start around about eight thirty, and it takes about nine, eight hours um to go from your car back to your car. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you were saying as well that because I mean Fort William, I think the car park for the, the mountain track on Ben Nevis is about seventy meters and you're up to one thousand three hundred and forty five. So yeah. I think you're saying there's quite a bit of a hike to get to before you then start the climbing route. How long is the climbing route again on Tower Ridge? So the climbing route takes about three hours, two, three hours. And distance-wise? Yeah, I think you said uh, it's like 600 metres or so? 600 metres long. Wow. Uh, but the terrain is quite difficult, you know. And that, for me, uh, totally encompasses what it is to have an, an adventure in the Scottish mountains. You know, it involves everything. So you've got to, like, walk to the bottom of it. It's not right by the road. Um, you're going to climb it and the route finding is really difficult and you know it's really atmospheric it's going to take you to some really cool places and then when you get to the top you might even need to navigate off you know so once you're at the top of this rock climb your day is not over it's never over until you get back to the car you know yeah and do you come back down the rope or do you do you walk down there's loads of different ways to come back down um so a really cool way to finish that day is to come down another scramble called ledge route which uh, which is also a great way up Ben Nevis if you are looking for something a little bit more different and you don't want to go up a walker's route. Mm. The ledge route is just like that first step into scrambling or mountaineering where it takes you to some amazing terrain while not being overly technical. So like an awesome day out is to come back down ledge route and it takes you back down the north face again through some amazing terrain and then you walk back to your car back underneath the north face of Ben Nevis, just being like totally blown away by how amazing your day has been and how amazing the place is. Yeah, absolutely. And I can relate to that as well, just from doing the mountain track. Like the Ben Nevis itself has, has a certain element about it, I think. And maybe it is just that sheer ascent and descent from, from almost sea level that uh, just leaves you that good level of knackered at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, like it has a huge draw for us all. Like we live... Or I say we, like a lot of people that live here in Fort William, a lot of our industries revolve around tourism and, and Ben Nevis and being here, you know. And it's only the bottom of the highlands as well. Yeah, I mean, Ben Nevis is like the birthplace of um, sort of ice climbing as we know it, you know. Like it is an amazing place steeped in history as well when it comes to when it comes to the mountains. So we've, we've done Tower Ridge on Ben Nevis. What's next? So I wanted to talk to you about some wintry stuff as well. So my next big thing is uh, that I'm going to talk to you about is ski touring and off-piste skiing in Scotland. Which is insane because I didn't 
I didn't know you could ski in the UK, <laughs> except in Milton Keynes at their artificial slope. And when I was driving up, I saw the signs and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> ski? Um, so I've been really fortunate to, to, to ski all over the world. You know, like I, I skied as a little whippersnapper when I moved to Scotland. I, well, when I moved to Fort William about 10 years ago to study, I'd never skied uh, in the UK. And actually now I'm like, Scotland is the, it's the, honestly, I've had the best day the best days i've ever had on skis have been here in scotland it wow. is just when it's good it's absolutely amazing you know you can be skiing fresh lines that are completely on tracked you know completely on tracked side of the mountain with nobody else there you know the sky can be blue and it is it is just awesome the skiing here is awesome um and the reason why i mentioned ski touring is uh, off-piste skiing in scotland the ski resorts are really small Mm. especially comparatively to somewhere like the alps the ski resorts are tiny but ski touring being able to like put skins uh, so you glue skins to the bottom of your skis um, and then take them off when you're going to go downhill uh, you use a, a different type of ski binding it's slightly different to telemarking where you can unfix and fix the heel of your binding back to the ski and it's just a great way to travel around in the mountains you know so it just really opens up a huge amount of terrain you don't even need a ski resort to go skiing, you know. You can just get out into the mountains and ski some amazing snow. And is there a best time to go? Because na naturally we're not 2,000 metres up in, in the Alps, but we are also further up the globe. Is there a best month you'd recommend to come and do some skiing in Scotland? So February, March and April tend to be the good ski months. The last few years um, we've seen a real trend where we've had a bit of a washout of a January. Um, which traditionally the, the good winter months for skiing and climbing here in Scotland would be in January, February, March, April. Uh, but in the recent years, um, we've had a really snowy December and then a really wet January, a really wet and wild January. So like last couple of years ago, I was doing loads of skiing and ice climbing in December, uh, but then almost not in January. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping for a really cool January this year, but um, if I was going to recommend for time with people to come skiing in Scotland, I would be like, yeah, February onwards. It's, and it's so good, you know. Um, you can ski off the top of these these mountains, sometimes all the way back down to sea level. That's incredible. That's such that's such good distance. Yeah, you're talking like nearly a 1,000 metres of descent sometimes. Because you're talking about a third of that for a good route when you go to the Alps somewhere. I mean, our latitude, you know, we're we're really far north here. Yeah. You know, um, so our winters are fairly consistent, you know, like... You can almost guarantee snow um, from 600 meters in altitude upwards mm. uh, all the way through the winter. And it is stunning. It's drop dead gorgeous up there too. It is, yeah. But I'm going to say this right now. Part of the charm of Scottish skiing is that it isn't always good. You do have <laughs> to some rubbish snow or maybe the weather's not so good all the time, you know. I took these like American pro snowboarders out to to do some filming for a catalog, and they just couldn't believe like that we were going to go ski some of the stuff we were going to ski on the days that we were going out, and it's just like something that you you learn to cope with as a Scottish skier, <laughs> but then you actually still have a great day, and the local community, you know, like the stoke is so high for all this, you know. Well, I hear they're coming up and they're so excited. You know, people from Glasgow will be like watching the weather forecast all week. Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes around and they're just like 
in the car blasting north. Um, so is it so, going to be quite busy or are there some more secluded areas? Uh, so that's another great thing about skiing in Scotland, right? The ski, even on the ski resorts, they're so quiet compared to alpine resorts. You mm. know, the resorts on the west coast of Scotland, like Glencoe and Nevis Range, you barely have a queue for a lift, you know? And that's a really rare thing to say if you were going to go somewhere like Teen or Val d'Isere. Uh, Cairngorm is is a bit busier, for sure, especially um, especially at the moment with the funicular being shut. Still, you know, comparatively, yeah, it's, it's, it's really quiet. And the ski touring in the Cairngorms is great. You've got this really high plateau um, where once you're up, you're up, you know. It's like the closest thing we've got to, well, it is an Arctic tundra, you know. And it's just last question for me on the skiing too is, and this is a large part of this is weather dependent. So I know you can't give me an exact answer, but how long would you recommend to come up and go skiing compared to say the one week Alpine holiday? And in addition, so off the back of that is if you did go for one week, is that enough to maybe start if you were starting with bad weather? Do you think that the snow usually kicks in about five days after that? So my advice with any sort of winter or even yeah like any scottish adventure is like be as flexible as you can and just be prepared to work with the weather so snow sports scotland do an all area pass that you can buy in advance and that covers all the scottish ski resorts alternatively it's really easy i think all scottish ski resorts now you can buy a pass a day pass in advance online um so you could just be based somewhere and just rock around and and go skiing for the day you know and just pick up your lift pass in the morning oh wow the cool thing is uh so i'm based in in fort william it's like an hour to the glencoe resort the nevis range resort is right here and the cairngorm resort is like an hour and a half drive away it's a really good place to base yourself if you want to try and find some good snow and good weather uh, you know, you can dash backwards and forwards if you prepare. If you're, if you're mobile and you're flexible, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my advice: be flexible and um, and and be fluid with your plan. You know, because sometimes the, it, it'll just be a washout in one location, but it'll be glorious in another. How how long would I come? Uh, I you know, come for a week, come for a long weekend. You know, if you're going to come up from London for say for a long weekend. There's a sleeper train that leaves London on on Friday evening and gets you here for 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. And then it returns on 7 o'clock on a Sunday night and gets into London for about I think it's 7 a.m. on the Monday. And that goes either to Aviemore or to Fort William, that train. you know. So you could easily just keep an eye on the forecast, book a ticket, hop on the train, go skiing. you know. And actually there's a... Um... Uh, when I was doing my research for when I did Ben Nevis, which um, long-time listeners of this will will know that I, I did it at the uh, the start of Storm Kira, so I was doing a heck of a lot of research just to trying to make sure mitigating your risks. There's a YouTuber who did it, and he actually documents really well um, the train, not not specifically, but as part of his whole video of going to Ben Nevis and climbing it and coming back again. Yeah. He gets on the train too. It, it seems completely reliable. I think it leaves from King's Cross, I think. Oh, yeah, oh, St. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it leaves from one of the big London stations. Yeah, and, and up here, you know, like you don't even need to bring your skis. So I work with uh, Ellis Brigham's, who are an outdoor uh, like clothing company. I work with them really closely and they provide really good ski touring rental equipment here. So, and when I take people out ski touring, we've put th- we can put together a whole package, you know, where 
you can get your accommodation and your lift passes and your ski touring stuff and your guiding so you don't even need to worry about anything if you were just going to come up for a day you know or or a weekend and just take care of it all for you moving on to the next next well adventure i suppose you could say in scotland what, what would you like to talk about next i want to talk about curved ridge next on bucolative moor this is a really big vivid like historic memory for me so the first time i came to the highlands was with my dad i'd have been about nine years old and it was also the first monroe that i'd ever been up uh, so my dad took me up curved ridge when i was really young and it is just awesome so it's similar to tower ridge in a lot of ways but a little bit easier um, and it's on bucoletive moor which is this like uber iconic mountain it's, every angle looks like a postcard you know um it's the next most photographed mountain in the world next to the Matterhorn. Oh, wow. You know, and it's the most photographed mountain in the UK for sure. It's just this big pyramidal shape, big conical mountain with these really striking ridgelines that go all the way up. And Curved Ridge is the best one. Um, it's graded moderate, so it's a bit easier than Tower Ridge. It's a really good stepping stone for Tower Ridge, actually. And it's a closer drive from Glasgow. And it takes you, and when you top out, you top out right at the top of Bucoletta Moor. That sounds so picturesque. Yeah, it's it's super picturesque. It feels really exposed. The only thing you've got when you look back the way is the road. You know, you can see all the way down t- to the bottom, you know. Yeah, in that classic Scottish mountain sort yeah, of sea yeah. level to, to peak view. Like a James Bond. Yeah, and, and right next to where some of Skyfall was filmed as well, actually. Oh, nice. Fun fact. <laughs> so I should probably um, tell you guys what a Monroe is. Yeah, I was just going to say, you mentioned that, and I, I, I feel a few listeners may not know what that is. Go ahead. So a Monroe is a Scottish mountain above 3,000 feet in height. Um, there are 282 of them, and the way that they're measured, um, so they're measured a really long time ago, and they're named after Sir Hugh Monroe, who was the first person to go up all of all of them. They're really interesting. So it's not just any top of any mountain that's above 3,000 feet. Um, it is, it's got to have a certain drop of height loss and gain before the next one. And it's also got to be a certain distance from another Monroe. There's like mm-hmm. a minimum distance. So when you go up in more than one Monroe in a day, um, you are covering a lot of ascent and descent every time, which makes them a big, big adventure, you know. Yeah, I mean, more more recently when I went to Scotland, I did just two very minor ones, uh, you know, just over the three thousand foot mark. Um, they're Driesch and Meyer, uh, yeah, up in the Cairngorms, and yeah, small in height. You know, we're not on four um, four figure meter altitude, but the walk was incredible. It's long, it's epic, it, it's got fantastic views. The ascent and descent, your legs feel worked by the end of it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of these mountains, you know, you're going to start from sea level. When you start at the, so curved ridge takes a couple of hours and your whole day out probably takes about uh, seven or eight hours. So similar length to Tower Ridge from Ben Nevis. Um, Your day out, you know, uh, you're starting from so close to sea level. So close to sea level. You're like less than 100 metres above sea level. You start with quite a more. Yeah, compared to other countries where you you can say, yeah, brilliant, you know, I, I climbed a 2,900 meter mountain, but I started at 2,400 meters. Go to Wales and the the, the Penny Pass car park is at 300 meters, you know? Yeah. 
so when you go up Snowdon, you're you're already nearly halfway there. Snowdon's got similar heights, mountain, but yeah, you like I did. If you start at Penny Pass, you're right. It, it's not, it's not, it's not the same. Gorgeous uh, though. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, eh? But they, yeah, Wales, is, Wales is an amazing place. But for me, like Scotland is just really wild. Oh, it's next uh, level, isn't it? Has this really like rugged, rough, lonely feeling around it, um, and it's you know it's really quiet com- compared to to lots of other places, which is one of the reasons why I, I think it's so special. Yeah, absolutely. 100% I agree with you. So we've got two more uh, left to talk about. Is there anything else we need to know about Curved Ridge before you go on to them? Curved Ridge, um, so both Curved Ridge and Tower Ridge, probably Tower Ridge more than Curved Ridge, actually. So we talk about Tower Ridge for a second. It definitely requires, for most people, a rope, a harness and a helmet and a good base of knowledge where to, of where to go, you know. Which, if we were booking with you as well, you'd provide that. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I provide all the knowledge and all the equipment that you'll ever need. Curved Ridge. Some people go and do that on their own without uh, ropes uh, and a harness and a climbing helmet. Um, and when I did it when I was young, uh, so did I. However, it's definitely all about um, competence and confidence there. So. Yeah, my advice is if you're not sure, ask advice uh, before you go. Do some research. Um, costs not. I don't charge for a phone call, so if anybody wants to get in touch or drop me an email, have any questions about doing curved ridge on the own. Uh, but if you're unsure, you know, then it's probably you've probably already got your answer that you're already ready using a rope and yeah. just that extra safety precaution. You know. So moving on to the next part of our adventuring in scotland then so i've tried to alternate it between summer and winter here because um so when i moved to scotland i was like oh this is amazing i used to do the loads of surfing i used to live on the coast and then when i moved to the islands um it was definitely i moved here for the winter uh that was the big draw i'd been ice climbing a couple of times up here already and then when i moved here to start studying i was just like this is amazing i can go ice climbing all the time so the next thing I want to talk about is winter climbing and ice climbing in Scotland. Ice climbing was basically born here as a sport. You know, the first the first recorded sort of winter routes were recorded on Ben Nevis. The first technical ice climbing axes were made down in Glencoe. Um, you know, the, the grades were pushed here all the way through the hi- history of climbing, you know, um, and and the hardest traditionally protected winter climbs are still here on Ben Nevis, still here. Yeah. And for the same reasons as Tower Ridge and Curved Ridge, it is amazing. It's wild. The weather is difficult. Um, and you've got so much adventure packed into such a small space. So ice climbing is just just an awesome way to go out and test yourself against the elements, you know. It is a really fickle beast. and uh, requires a lot of knowledge and experience buildup. Um, I offer courses um, where we can teach you how to get that experience, you know, and we we also offer a guiding, um, you know, so if you're short of time and you want to go do stuff, we can go take you, we can go take you out, you know, uh, but expect it to be cold, expect everything to hurt, you know, carry a really heavy rucksack, you might start in the dark, it might be raining, you know, and then when you yeah. get up there, it'll be snowing, snowing from all directions, you know, you'll be like, why am I doing this? 
the <laughs> most gratifying thing you will ever do. You know, you get back to the car at the end of the day and you close the door and you're like, jump. Ah. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it is amazing. And again, like I've been really fortunate to climb uh, in some really cool places um, all over the world. And Scotland is just the best. It is still, you know, like there is nothing that compares to going like ice climbing in Scotland on Ben Nevis on a nice day in February. It's just awesome. Just to- totally gorgeous, basically. Yeah, and, totally, and totally gratifying. Gorgeous and gratifying. And, you know, there, there might be some people around, but very, very unlikely to be busy. You'll, and just totally different. Um, again, you'll be using harness, you'll be using ropes, but you'll be using ice axes and crampons and special boots as well that are specially stiffened for, for it. You'll have to wrap up warm and you have to look after yourself in that environment as well, which is a huge challenge. I mean, I've never done ice climbing before. Could someone like me just come along and say, hey, can you take me on a route? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, totally. That's what we're all about, you know, like I'm in an instructional company. My job is to screw myself out of more work, you know. It's, <laughs> it's a really weird business model, isn't it? You know, like you're going to teach people to do it on their own. Um, <laughs> but, you, but that's that's it, you know. That's It's really cool. I've met clients that I've taken out on instructional days out and they've been out climbing on their own, and I'm just like, yeah, that's really cool, you know? Like raising a kid. <laughs> oh, God, don't say that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you have never done anything before, you definitely come along, um, and you can start wherever you like to start, you know? Uh, but it depends where you want to get to. So I would say that if you want to be a competent ice climber on your own with a friend, then uh, like a really good ground. And then stepping it up a notch with some with some climbing skills is is the way to go about it. But if you want to come along, do some climbing, we can definitely just take you out climbing and show you some stuff, you know. It's on my it's on my list to do, and hopefully other people listening have added it to theirs as well now. So and then um moving into the last the last one to talk about, which is on, on a beautiful part of the, the Highland area. So I guess the the crown jewel in Scottish mountaineering is is sky and it's the cooling ridge the black cooling ridge is one of the most amazing things you can do with two legs as far as i'm concerned <laughs> so the isle of sky is a is a small island off the west coast of scotland uh, you can reach it either by the ferry um from just north of fort william or you can reach it uh via the mainland on a bridge there's a there's a big bridge the yeah. sky ridge is it's about 13 kilometers long um and it takes you up and down 11 Munros. Now, some of that terrain that it takes you over is uh, harder than Tower Ridge. Uh, so you're rock climbing, you're walking, you're scrambling, you're scrambling up, you're scrambling down, you'll do some abseiling. And more more often than not, a full traverse of the Coolin Ridge requires you to bivouac out for the night. So you sleep out under the stars, completely open to the elements in your sleeping bag. So it is like it's a full proper mountain experience over two days and it, it is just mind blowing. The sky is a really mystical, magical place where just like dreams are made of, you know. Uh, if you absolutely. asked a kid, kid to draw a mountain, right, they would draw they would draw sky. That's what sky looks like. It is big, it's pointy, it's jaggy, and it's it's just awesome. 
when we're talking about sleeping under the stars and, and we've spoke about ice climbing just a moment ago what time of year would you say is the best time to come along so i think the cooling ridge on sky is is best done in uh in springtime uh, but it's doable all the way through the summer and people do it in winter as well although it would be less common from uh, myself or anybody that works for me to take people along in winter it's just harder and it, the conditions are harder to get because sky is an island it, it thaws quicker it's surrounded completely by the sea you know so the, the ice climbing conditions on sky although they do come in are harder to get so it's harder to book that in yeah so i'd recommend coming anytime from like april may all the way through till october the middle of the middle of summer is actually probably the worst time to come to sky like august is probably the worst time tends to be really wet in scotland in in august so the summer holidays tend to tend to be really wet (laughs) lovely good timing Uh, yeah I, i know uh but then if you come in if you come in september you know like it is way less midges now almost none we could probably talk about midges in a second can we? yeah um, <laughs> midges are these little flying beasties that kind of bite you like really annoying small mosquitoes and sky is really well renowned for them um yeah. so if you come in autumn there's way less midges same with spring and the mm. weather t- we tend to get a really good high pressure system that comes through so last week the weather has just been like sunshine every day it's been totally dry it's been great oh wow that's ideal isn't it it's amazing and you said how many Munros? Did you say 11 Munros? 11 Munros. Which so is just nuts, because if, if listeners can cast their mind back just to 15 minutes ago when we were talking about Munros and, yeah. and and how much effort, not in a bad way, in a brilliant way, the effort required between Munros. You can't just walk along a plateau and go and go up and down like sort of Norwegian flat and then go, yep, another one. So to do 11 in two days is is epic. Yeah, it's a really big undertaking, like, and and that's why I put it at the bottom of the this list or at the end of this list is because it is a huge undertaking and it is amazing. And you're on the Isle of Skye, which is you know you're surrounded by the sea, so every direction you look from these huge mountains, you are looking at down on the sea, which is exactly where you start from. Yeah, and no no sky adventure would be complete without a pint of pint of sky gold at the Slagakan Hotel at the end of it, you know. So you walk all the way down. So after you've had this epic adventure over two days, the first thing that you see when you get to the road is like the Slagakan Hotel and you're like, I'm gonna have some chips and I'm <laughs> and I'm gonna have a pint of beer because I deserve it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You put put it put it all back in your body. You just spent it all. <laughs> but it is it's cool, you know, sky's an awesome place and it just it blows my mind every time I go there and I'm really lucky that I get to call it my office you know but Mm. it's such an awesome place that when i go there it is still like mind-blowing well listen is there anything else we need to uh know about exploring the highlands before we get to some wrap-up questions um no but if anybody has any questions they want to get in touch you can get me at uh, atlasmountaineering.com and you can find us on facebook and you can find me on instagram as well yeah and i'll put the links in the show notes and in the description as well for for anyone listening to they can just tap away and have a little browse so oh, cool perfect so some wrap-up questions then um i, I mean really uh, we, we could talk about things you do differently things that surprised you but when you live there it, it's it, it's hard because you're, you're always constantly developing it's not a one-off occasion so really 
from when you were a kid to now, what's one sort of lesson you've learned and, and you use frequently? God, that's a curveball. I wish you'd have given that. <laughs> <laughs> and take your time with it. Yeah. Um, oh, man, like I've learned so much. And I'm always learning as well. I think that's really important to emphasize that it, people might come and they see people working as guides and instructors and think, oh, my God, these people must just look, know everything. And that's <laughs> totally not the case. We're always learning from each other. You yeah. know, there's never there's never a week go by where my peers um, don't don't surprise me with a huge new knowledge bomb. You know, I mean, I, I so I studied uh, adventure tourism management at West Highland College, which is right in Fort William. That's where I got my degree, and the just learning so much about the the way that the industry works, and and just trying to move with the times and what people want. You know, um, yeah. That's been a big, it's a, always a big learning curve, you know. Most obviously this year, I suppose. Oh, man, this year is a total curveball, you know. Um, anything that I was supposed to be doing abroad is now, like, totally canned, um, which is not such a bad thing, you know. Before we started recording, we were chatting about, like, we just had, we've had loads of headspace uh, and time yeah. to decompress. And actually, you know, like, Scotland is amazing. Uh, and I've been saying that for years um so it's no bad thing spending more time at home working you know yeah no absolutely yeah i mean obviously a pandemic's bad but the the what's unusual about this kind of very unfortunate thing is that there is just there there are buckets of positives coming out of it um and and yeah like 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 you said it's just the chance to decompress a little and and just figure things out or watch netflix and have the break you deserve (laughs) And people learning what what we do have on our doorstep, you know, uh, people yeah. wondering if they do need to live in the centre of cities and, you know, do they need to go to the office all the time? It's yeah. even people realising that actually like a point eight contract, you know, working four days a week, they're like, yeah, this is much better. You know, I could take a 20% cut and, yeah. and just have more time for yourself. Like, so our social well-being at the end of this, I hope, will just be uh, far better. Because at the end of the day, happiness is all that counts. As long as you can financially, you know, pay your bills and keep yourself afloat, you've got to stay happy. I mean, I used to work in the motor trade and that was very lucrative money-wise, but it was 50 hours a week and every single Saturday gone, you know, I couldn't do anything. I had very minimum annual leave and I was miserable. So I tell you what I have learned, actually. I've learned to look after myself a lot more, especially over the last three, four years. I've learned that my body can't take the battering that I was giving it. <laughs> uh, and that rest is important, you know, like we're our self, um, you know, we've got to look after ourselves. Our self-worth is, is worth it. It isn't worth working seven days a week for money, even when your job is amazing, you know. You've definitely got to take some time for yourself and, and let the body and mind relax, you know. Absolutely. And then last question before we end it, which is if you could pick one moment to relive in all of your time exploring the Highlands, what moment would that be? Oh, that's a tough one. You know, there's like a few days that really stand out in my in my head. You know, my birthday a few years ago, some a couple of friends and I went ice climbing and it was just this glorious blue sky day with perfect ice climbing conditions at a place called Benudeli, which is just south of Glencoe. And when you just think about it, like an awesome day out climbing 
in the mountains. So I think about that, you know, like the climbing was great. The company was awesome. Came home, had a beer, had some pizza, you know, like yeah. awesome, awesome, but on my birthday as well. So super lucky to just be able to do that, have the friends, the time and the, and the ability to do that. Another really cool one would be like, I had a day skiing with my friend Simon, where we skied a gully at Nevis Range called Rush. So Rush is a like a 500 meter long gully that's kind of narrow, but is a uniform uh, steepness the whole way down. So, uh, and it's just a really classy ski line that I'd wanted to ski for years. So like the day came around where the weather was good, the avalanche conditions were good, somebody was free to do it with. So like just an epic day out in the mountains, just like, you know, like it just encompasses everything that I really enjoy about getting out into the hills. It's like being there with friends and and everything going to plan. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Oh man, we were just cut, cutting amazing turns down this gully all day i just remember like simon coming steaming out the end of this gully like holding his ski poles up in the air like <laughs> loving it yeah absolutely well listen connor thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and chatting to us about your love and business exploring the scottish islands absolutely man yeah thank you for having me so what did you guys think which adventure would you do first when you're going to the Highlands? For those dreamers out there and those planning a staycation to the Highlands. And what about if you've already been? Is there anything that we missed you feel that has to go on? Maybe a bit of sea kayaking? Get in touch on btmtravelpod at gmail.com or you can direct message me on Instagram too. I'll see it there. If you can, please do leave a review where you listen to the podcast. And I know nothing's perfect, but five stars goes a long way to helping the podcast grow and telling a friend too. But check out the socials, follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check out the Facebook group so that you can share your own adventures and journeys on there as well. And I will see you in the next episode.